Welcome to Bloody Good Horror. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Bloody Good Horror. We are here tonight to discuss The Forever Purge. Definitely not going to get political up in here tonight, John. <laughs> this is just going to be a real <laughs> vanilla milk toast discussion about entertainment. Yeah. And enter- entertainment, John, is never political, so I don't, think we have, I don't think we have anything to worry about tonight. Next up, uh, joining me, period, tonight on the show, from Maryland, Maryland, please welcome John Schnorris to the show. Hello, Eric. Next up on the show, from Indiana, please welcome Casey. Hello, Eric. And lastly tonight, from Richmond, Virginia, the place that she is from, please welcome Caitlin to the show. Oh, you're muted, friend. Oh, no. Uh-oh. All right, well, while Caitlin <laughs> figures that out, John, um... You know what I was thinking, John, that uh, they can take all of the uh, political stuff out of, like, school curriculums in, like, some of these southern states. They can't stop the purge. No. They can't stop these purge. These purge movies are, like, F off. This is what the next. Doing. The next one's actually called Purge, Critical Race Purge. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Goddamn right it is. Purge colon CRP. Um, yeah. Yeah. They are developing a new one. It says on the Wikipedia page, this was meant to be the final, um, but they've now, it did, it did pretty well. I mean. Oh, it, I mean, it like, ends like, here's the next one. No. Which I kind I, of see, appreciated. I, I feel like it ends, I mean, whatever. No, no, no. Spoiler it fully alert, ends like, just fully set up for the next one. No, totally. Really? All right. I'm very curious what you think they're going to do because I feel like it's just basically like, and the world's fucked now. John, it <laughs> literally ends in a cliffhanger that's like, is there going to be America anymore? I don't know. Tune oh, in next time right. on yeah, The Purge. Sure. Yeah, but all right. Well, okay. We should address this later in the show, but... Yeah, I'm just I'm just saying. Caitlin, you're back. Can I hear you? Can you hear me? Yes. Here we go. Hey! New phone. Who dis? <laughs> Casey, come on. <laughs> all right. Um, now that we have Caitlin back, let's do it. Let us uh, forge on into the great unknown of America, John. Mm-hmm. We're going to, I think we're going to solve it tonight, actually. I think we got this. Let's take Uh-oh. a quick break and review The Forever Purge. This is it, Jennifer. Your big break in TV. Stop the front time. Main feature. And we're back. You know, Caitlin brought up an interesting point, John, point, John pre-show, which is that they actually, they don't, no one says the forever purge in this film. They do, however, say purge ever after, which is what this like group calls itself. Um, and then Caitlin. Someone, I think it, in the very beginning when it kicks off, someone yells forever purge. I, I 
feel it's just like a, I it's interesting. Yeah. And then Caitlin said "Purge Forever" after, and I was like, "Well, that's that should have been the name of this movie because it combines both and is better." Very Purge fairy tale. It, I was Purge ever, yeah. Purge ever after has a nice Disney flair to it. Yeah. <laughs> or you could have gone cor- you could have gone corporate, and it could have been like Infinity Purge. <laughs> with like a real corporate looking logo. You know? They would need some they would, they would need some logo work. Dunder, no, Dunder Mifflin like... Infinity kind of thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh who John? Yes. Um does it make you uncomfortable when you're watching movies like this? <laughs> I mean <laughs> Joe's not here, so somebody's gotta do it. <laughs> I'm pretty sure I was like the I'm like one of the good guys in this movie. Uh, I'm just saying you're in a house right now that would definitely have the shutters. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> but the thing is, in the, I'm in, in the, the fucking the rec. Purge. I'm in the rec center, huddled with everybody. You got <laughs> but, the shutters. So, but Eric, we started. I, we were talking about this last week. Like in the world of the purge, like thirty percent of GDP goes into like preparing for the purge. The entire economy would revolve around it. There's no. <laughs> there's no way otherwise. So, but like even that rec center had shutters. Like. Yeah, it was like completely run down, yet had these yeah. like pretty. Do you know what would be? So, John, those shutters are called garage doors. <laughs> Do you know what would be a job, John? Is like they would need people just to pick up bodies in effluvia the oh, next day. Yeah, it um that you that's on the radio. Like uh, there's like a it's like right the next that initial next day scene. There's like the news guy, and he's like. Oh, crews are disinfecting the streets. You know, <laughs> right. dude, I love. Oh my god, I loved those little news bits. Those were so yeah. brilliant. Because what's brilliant about that scene is he's so flippant about it. Like he he's reading it fully in a morning show voice. Like this well, is just you get, yeah. it, you get the distinction between there's like a Fox News type one and there's like a CNN type one. But even that, but this, but this guy that John's referring to was almost like yeah. a, was a local morning show kind of guy. Like this He's guy like, well, was we're gearing up for good weather yeah, and we're like, going to go ahead and get these bodies off the street. This guy was reading <laughs> like he was doing the weather from um, like a 4-H thing, like a, a tech county fair kind of situation. It was At inc- least it was a dingo in the beach. It was just amazing. <laughs> um, okay, John. I'm going to toss you here in a second. While you talk, I'm letting you know right now that I'm not going to listen because I'm going to go to Wikipedia and try to find some quick and dirty synopses of all the Purge movies so we can, yeah, we there can do is a little a, previously on the Purge before we get into this. There right? is a Purge franchise page. I'm going which, there. I'm going yeah, there right can, now, John, while you bring okay. us the word of the day. Today's word, Eric, is... Jacquerie. Jacquerie. Jacquerie? Yeah, it's pronounced it <laughs> yeah. is pronounced Jacques. Uh, but no, it has a J. J-A-Q-U-E-R-I-E. It has one definition. A communal uprising or revolt. Ooh. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, comes to us from the early 16th century. Early 16th century French. Uh, and it refers to the 1357 peasants revolt against the nobles in northern france from the old french literally viens from jacques a given name used in this in the sense peasant so it was a uh, peasant uprising but now used more colloquially uh as a you know communal revolt got it i came back for colloquially I can't. I already I'm, learned you know. something. You know a movie I forgot about, John? The First Purge. I totally just got booted from the call, which means we heard none of that, John. Oh, well. But we're back. I don't, I mean, 
So, John, the first purge. Yes. Was it? Was it? <laughs> I, so I was saying, is it? Did you mean the first purge? No, no. The movie, the first purge, yes. or the first no, movie? I mean, the I purge, forgot the last. The last movie they came out yeah, was yeah. called the first purge, and it was like, wasn't it Staten Island or something like that? Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it was. It was that good. To me, no, it was. I thought it was really good. It, it, like. That's where the movie, I don't, so I never saw election year. You all will have to tell me. I feel like the first purge went like very hard at like social justice. No, it and, didn't. Like, no, no, no. See, like it was there. This is, this is, it did and it didn't. I don't think it did compared to this. The, what I, I think, but, this is my thesis on the, the purge films. I wasn't going to get into it this early, John, but we're here. So let's do it. <laughs> Please. The first purge came out. The I believe it came out the summer that like, Trump was running for office. No, wait. The first you're talking about the first purge. Jesus the movie, Christ, the first John. Purge? Yes. I'm sorry. It was first 2013. It was 2013. No, no. We're back. In, okay. Well, this is what we're gonna do right now, John. <laughs> we are gonna go back to the purge one. How's that? The one That's with what Ethan Yes, the purge one. Yeah, yeah. Okay. That was way before Trump. Like way, way. 2013. Way. That's not way. I wouldn't call that way before Trump, but I would call it before. Yeah. Okay. John, for those for those at home, John just rolled his eyes at me. Just I like, rolled <laughs> my eyes very hard. Yes. Um, okay. <laughs> Let's just go through them then. Let's just go through them and talk about. It. Okay. So first, sorry, Purge One, 2013. Ethan Hawke is a salesman of these shutters, basically. Who the the conundrum? He has been made rich by the Purge, basically, because he sells these security systems. His wife, uh, Lena Lena Hedy or Hedy, however you want to say it, of Game of Thrones theme fame. Um, and that movie Jeez. basically, There's only one that movie say. basically, uh, centers around the family, really like his family. Yeah, it's, it's a straight home invasion film, but with like sci-fi overtones. It does. It does touch on some racial stuff, but not hardcore. Like yeah. I, I'm pretty sure there's a dude, there's like a black guy who's trying to get into the house at one point, And the daughter's like saying, yeah. let him in and Ethan Hawke. Like, I think well, they do. They, they bring, yeah, they do yeah. bring him into the house. Yeah. Um, not an amazing movie made about $90 million on a $3 million budget, which is wild. That's insane. Yeah, no, it was really good. That's a, <laughs> this was, it was like one of the not OG Blumhouse, Blumhouse but it was like yeah, one of the yeah. early Blumhouse things for sure. That was our it, first exposure to Schnarr's Purging too. I, I mean, listen, as annoyed as I get with the Blum sometimes, what he has done is show Hollywood at large that this is the formula. Get good, interesting scripts. Just interesting. Make them unique. Like they don't have to be amazing. Make it unique, a little bit of money. You don't need any faces in it, and go to town. And like, well, they, he has famous people, but he just is not paying them a shitload of money. Sometimes, I mean, Ethan Hawke, Alina Hetty was like, well, in that case, yes, yes. But like, but, you know, it's Ethan Hawke. Like, it's from you know. Well, uh, yes. Okay, <laughs> second one, Purge Anarchy. I believe Purge Anarchy is the one that gave us the infamous scene set to the um, cover of Party in the USA. I thought that was election year. Yeah, it was election year. Is it? Are you sure? I'm okay. pretty yeah. sure it's election year. Yeah. So in Purge and Anarchy, the- Purge Anarchy, we step to the other side of the purge where we are basically in like a lower income community. And we have um, basically a waitress and her daughter who venture out into LA during the purge, eventually running into an anti-purge group. So this is the first time we're introduced to like the the resistance kind of. 
Yeah. What's the uh, Frank Grillo? Is that his name? Is Frank, that the one with Frank Grillo? Well, he's in multiple ones, but that's the first one he shows up in. Yeah. Yeah. So that's twenty. That's the one where they're making their way through the streets. Pretty much the whole movie is in opposition to well, the first movie's home invasion. Yeah, I mean that's been everyone since that one. But yes, yeah, he, that's he was in that one. Then the next one, twenty sixteen purge election year. See what they did there, John. Mm-hmm. Uh, Frank Grillo reprises his role, and basically he. Um, is he's supposed to be protecting this senator basically? Um, she's like anti new yes, founding fathers, yes, and, and that's, that's where like, we really get into the mythos of the founding fathers. I think that's the one that ends in the scene, um, where they're all there, right? Don't they get killed or something? Like, I don't even know. There's there's a scene where they're all like at this their annual purge gathering and it gets invaded by the resistance. That's what I seem to remember from um, election year. Um, yeah, it takes place in election year. The election is between a member of the New Founding Fathers and a senator who wants to end the annual purge after losing her family as a teenager in the purge. That one made $118 million, John. Uh, yeah, these movies do okay. 2018, first purge. So this is the yeah. one that takes place Staten Island, and it was an, it was basically an experiment. That was kind of cool because you got to see like people willingly signed up for that one, which is kind of interesting. Um. Yeah, because oh, it's yeah. localized. Do you remember there was the all island. that crazy shit with the block party? Yep. Do you remember that? Yeah, that's what I remember. I just remember how jacked that dude looked at the end of the movie when yes. he was going in to like clean up. I mean that that one I, made I this is an, so this is a super another interesting thing. Huge. Okay, so if you look at the and we'll get to the movie here in a sec, but first movie eighty nine million, second movie one eleven, third movie one eighteen, fourth movie one thirty seven. These are worldwide. Mm-hmm. Um, that was the first purge made one thirty-seven. So, and then this one, I don't know how it did. I'm sure it was. Pan- it's I like mean, it did like thirty-six is the number I saw globally. Which yeah. you know, depends. I think the the first purge is the one that starts to get really. Um, I mean, they're all political and they ramp up in sort of their you know political were, messaging. But the the first purge is, I think, John's right, is the one that had a lot of social justice messaging. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Well, because they were specifically doing it in these, like doing this experiment in the, um, this lower income area, but also like what you heard a lot in the movie was people debating, like, what is this? Like, what, what's the good in this? Yeah. Like who's being exploited here? It was, yeah, you're right. Yes. Um, it becomes more of a left film in, in that, at least in that one. I, again, I haven't seen election year. I mean, obviously it ends with the new founding fathers getting thrown out. But I like, remember liking election year because it gets hard into the, like the resistance stuff. Yeah. yeah. Um, so here we are. Well, before you go continue on, Eric, don't forget that there's also two seasons of the purge TV show that's in this too, that kind of covers the area of what happens uh, behind the scenes, like with the folks that are monitoring the cameras from like the main locations for the NFFA, you, you know, s- making sure people are using the rules and stuff. Have and it shows you what happens between purges. Have you seen well, the that's, show? I was very curious what the show was about because like, yeah, the setup is brilliant for a movie because it's like, Hey, it's one night. So it's like, you've got this defined time. Like you can set up the like characters ahead of time. And then they go through this. I mean, dude. It's tw- just know. make just remake twenty four, but it's the purge. Yeah, yeah. But they did it. But they actually, and my wife made the comment when we watched the series. We watched both seasons. They, Colleen's point was she always wanted to know what was go- happened in between the purges, like with the government and stuff. And the TV show kind of covers that angle of it. Casey, can I ask you a question? And I, I want you to be very critical and honest with me here. Is it good? 
It's not terrible. It's not garbage TV. It's not Game of Thrones or anything, but it's not bad. Got it. Okay. Is it last season of Game of Thrones? <laughs> oh, John, <laughs> that's mean. That. <laughs> that's mean. Uh, so here we are. It's 2021. It's the Forever Purge. And uh, real America, John, is just getting sucked into a hellhole chasm. So like, this movie has a bar to hit to to try to be a satire. So someone mentioned, Keelan, I think you might have mentioned over email, this was actually scheduled to come out last summer, <laughs> which, which is crazy. I mean, I've been try- I've been telling people about this movie. It was Listen, the first time. Does the person who wrote this movie know something? Did they know something yeah. we didn't? Because if they if it was scheduled to come out last summer, John, that means it was written like a full year before that. Yeah. No. Well, I mean, it, I mean, politically, we've been leading up to what happened for a long time. Well, I th- what not, happens is I feel like they the keep, blue. but I feel like they keep. In trying to rat, this is kind of what my thought was, I guess, for in trying to keep ratching it up and being more insane every time and more in the nose, they're like accidentally portending real things that are happening. No, I mean, yeah. look, the other thing that's worth saying, like the the film is very centrally focused on illegal immigration, right? And so, like that was an issue, in like 2016, 2017, 2018. Like it kind of like went away for a little in the pandemic. I mean, it, it but it's been back. It's like back. They, in a, if anything, they like benefited because it like came back at the beginning of the Biden presidency. But um, or the other theory, Bloomhouse runs Q. Yeah, that's <laughs> well, we're, yeah, we'll get into. It. I mean, that's that's the crazy <laughs> thing. Like my point is, when he when they wrote this movie, your average person wouldn't have known what Q was, and now the parallels are like kind of insane. I um, have some thoughts about like there's there a specific issues. It's a, there's a specific aspect that I'm talking about. We'll get to okay. it. Okay. John. Uh, yeah, no, well, I think generally speaking though, it's not hard. It's, you know, for this to have come out before what happened on January 6th, like it's not hard to, to, to like connect those dots and draw that line, no. even if, yeah. you know, so it's like, you know, I don't Kayla. know. They may have made a few tweaks in post, but I feel like, yeah, this makes sense. Like Listen, Kayla, I'm sure someone these, who was in tune got it. Kaylin, mm-hmm. these people sold their souls to the devil and they can now see the future and they know where we're going. <laughs> no, and like, you'd be wise to listen to them. Yeah, we get to see the movie next year. Predicting that something bad was going to happen at some point. Like, <laughs> hey, um, it like, seems oh, like yeah, we're not going in a great you. direction, you guys. Maybe, uh, John, <laughs> tell just, me, give me the the uh bullet points what's the plot yeah. of the forever let me and let me get the character names up because it's okay so the two main characters here are adela and juan they are illegal immigrants who the movie opens with them crossing into the united states like basically undocumented paying. john undocumented is illegal immigrant not the right phrase undocumented is preferred nomenclature we'll say all right they are entering the country illegally <laughs> as undocumented immigrants. Kaylin, there we go. Here's the thing: like, I think all just to put all of our cards on the table, I'm fine with open borders. Like, put everyone should be able to come to the United States whenever the hell they Kaylin, want. Kaylin, John's not in the internet. So, okay, he gets a pass. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, so, like, I worked but, with immigrants for a long time, so this is close to my heart. So I just wanted to get in there. But. All right. They are undocumented immigrants. But they are... John, you better they, hope that you believe in open borders because according to this movie, you're going to need to get your ass to Canada. Too sweet. <laughs> I've never but, been uh, so thankful to actually live this far north than when I thought about how fast could I get to Canada. Yeah, the movie oh. opens with them coming across the border. They're, and they're like... They're not kids. Like, I don't know how old they're supposed to be. Like, the actors are probably in their like late 30s, if I had to guess. But like... You know, in any event, they're like, it's like a young couple. They come across the border. Um, Fast forward now, we see them. uh, Adela's working at like a butcher 
shop. Yeah, and we're in the like we're a, in the Southwest, the American yeah, Southwest. Yeah, yeah. They live in Texas. It, she's working in like an industrial butcher f- facility, and then Juan works as effectively a cowboy. I mean, he works on a like big ranch. He, but he, he like thinks of himself as a cowboy. They call themselves cowboys. I don't know. I never thought that like people would have the the job cowboy, but like that's effectively what they're doing here. Uh, lots of people uh, have small dicks, John. It's okay. <laughs> <laughs> Gaucho, I believe, John. I'm just like, <laughs> doing this until I get kicked off the show. <laughs> Gaucho, uh, I believe that's in Argentina. It is Argentinian. They talk yeah. about Argentina and Argentinian cowboys yeah. here. Um. So yeah, and so they work on the Tucker Ranch. Um, so then you have Dylan Tucker and like his wife, who I think is Cassie Harper is his sister. These are like, you know, and is her name really another... Har- is her name Harper? That is so perfect. Well, cause they keep calling her harp. That's so that's perfect. Nice. Um, and then you have TT who's like Juan's best friend who, you know, I don't know if they came over together. I can't remember, but or if they, they just could, like, do they call him that T I love that TT. TT. Yeah, now yeah. that's a name, John, not like Harper. So that's sort of like a crew. And they, 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 uh, we see them pre purge basically the day before, two days before, whatever. And then it's sort of this like ramp into the purge. Um, we see both Juan, Adela, TT, they go to this, um, it's effectively like a YMCA, like a, you know, community center where they like pool their money and they pay like people to come basically be guards. They're like, I mean, what's the word I'm looking for? Like, uh, mercenaries. Um, super high powered guns, but they, they keep them safe there. Everybody survives like through the night and it's mostly sort of other immigrants or, or, you know, Mexican Americans. Um, and then we also see the Tucker family on their super fancy ranch, you know, with all the shutters and yada, yada. Um, everybody gets through the purge. They're going back to like, go through, you know, their day, go get back into like real life. And, um, it just like pops off. Uh, it actually starts Eric with the, the news man. He's like doing his like on the street, man on the street. Like, Oh, the purge was pretty wild this year. And you just see someone like shoot him in the head. Yeah. Well, that's the next, the next day. Yeah. I got to say too, it always um, strikes me in these movies, how flippant people are. It's like, 45 minutes of the purge and people are just out on the streets or they're yeah. hanging. These rich people are hanging on their house and, and the guy goes, uh, Hey y'all, it's time to close those shutters. And it's like, bro, g- give yourself some time. What if they don't work? Yeah. <laughs> they were literally like waiting for the bus to come pick them up a day later like, on. And it was like, uh, you're supposed to be here five minutes ago. I'm like, John, fuckers, what if it, what if you wait? That. What John, what if you wait till six 15 and it starts at seven and you click that shutter button and they don't come down that shutter guy's not coming out to fix those shutters. No, no. And I guarantee you, I'm working from home on purge day. I yes. don't really care. I'm just yes. not going to leave the house. I'm not commuting on pre per like purge eve or whatever. Eric, <laughs> we got to get into the thing you raised last week. I think it was you that raised like, where are the arsonists? Because yeah. these shutters are not stopping the arson. In any event, there so, are some people with rocket launchers, which uh, yeah. um, I really appreciate as a, a a shooter video game fan. Well, one of the rules is like class ten weapon or lower. So I don't know Four. where. Yeah, it's class four, four but like, yeah. yeah, they don't explain what the weapon classes are. Yeah. But like, what, like a Molotov cocktail? Is that, that's pretty basic in my book. Well, but at know. this point, they're also, everybody's ignoring the rules, John, so. Yeah. Well, mm-hmm. so, all right. So basically what happens is in the next day, everyone, they're, they're all trying to go back to their lives. And actually now we're living in the world of the forever purge because a group of 
it's basically a populist uprising, uh, you know, have the, organized the, themselves in secret beforehand and vowed to continue the purge the next day. Yes, that the have nots are going after the haves. Um, at least that's the way that it is like pitched. It's it very, never like, it very quickly reveals itself to be basically a white supremacist organization. Like it's very well, heavily discussed. There are the some zone. splinter groups. Of- yeah. Like that's, that's where like the politics of it are a little they they like do dance around because like the the main person that we see who goes after the Tucker Ranch is one of the ranch hands who I mean is a Mexican American or an immigrant. It's sort of not made. We don't actually know anything about him other than he yeah. like works with the other. Um, I'm pretty sure he was supposed to be American. He was what? a white dude, but his yeah. shtick was he was like you know you know, we're going to seize the power back. And it was sort of like a more left-leaning, more communist type of, uh, you know, engagement with the purge. Whereas the other splinter groups that most of the movie focuses on are the white supremacist groups that want to take America back and kill immigrants. So, I mean, there are a couple of different factions and they're all sort of leaning into, we're going to just be anarchists Uh, and have a forever purge. Well, and also, I think the movie... I was confused because I thought the ranch hand was like another one of the like Mexican American people that worked on the ranch with. Oh, interesting. So that, that threw me. No, he's a white dude. Yeah. Because he has a really, he has a conversation with our main character in the beginning after they give him the bonuses where he's just like, listen, like this dude doesn't give a shit about you. Like, you know, something's up with this dude. Cause he's like, no, Oh yeah. 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 He says, I'm going to use my bonus on something different, you know, wink, wink or something like that. So, I mean, but that's basically the setup. So the the main thrust of the action is that um, Dylan Tucker, who's sort of set up to be a little bit of the, I mean, not a little bit. He At one point he says, like, I don't have a problem with Mexicans, but I just think like should stay with like or something like that. It's like, yeah, okay. he, he's, he's not a, far off. He is, yeah, a, yeah, he is a character that is set up essentially in the beginning as his archetype is like, this is a, rich kid who is handed everything in life who is trying to be cool. I mean, I'll also say it like trying to be cool is definitely racist. Um, the father is set up as not being that way and kind of disappointed in his son, but also not really like doing anything about it or calling him out. But when the father is killed by this ranch hand uprising, basically you have, um, racist cowboy son, his wife and sister who then team up with our main, essentially main characters are immigrants because yeah. it's the forever purge and it is pure chaos and yeah. their their rich people ranch is no longer safe, so they team up. Um, there's you're, they go back and forth trying to make get everybody banded together. But then eventually, what happens is the Mexican government and the Canadian governments announce our borders are open for American refugees who are unarmed for the next five hours. Which is like okay, yeah. but so then the movie becomes the race for them to get to the border and escape America, and that becomes the setup of like the third act, basically. Yeah, the sister Harper is like set up as explicitly good from the beginning. She she like has a really, you know, close relationship or, or is developing a relationship with TT. Like she just they they she's give, unambiguously they good. are careful to give re- regardless of the fact that this whole family of these rich people are all basically benefiting from the same imbalance system. They're very careful to give the rest of the family kind of narrative cover by having the son be like a pretty big villain, like in the beginning, like they give, obviously we can talk about it. They give him an arc, but like 
he's at dinner. He's like, no, I don't want my kids speaking Spanish. And they're all like, they all look just concerned enough. They're like, okay, I think they're well, they're, with just, him, but they're, they're not, like not going to challenge him, but they're definitely like, whoa. <laughs> like, yeah. Well, his wife even says like, that's a little rude, honey. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. No, he's straight psycho in that dinner scene. Like that was. And she is expecting. That's one thing we need to mention too. His yeah. wife yeah, is well, exactly. Okay. Yeah. Um. Let's get into it here, Caitlin. Re- like, what are your general quick purge thoughts of the series, and what do you think of this one? And it's okay if the I- answer is I haven't seen them. <laughs> I like the purge movies. This is the first one I've seen in theaters, though. I usually wait until they're streaming. Um, you are welcome. But it- What's that? You're welcome. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> yeah, we can get into later why this was a really memorable experience. Oh, for we, me. yeah, we got to save that story for a fan mail or it's going to derail the whole show. Oh okay. <laughs> and oh, I'm going to tell my hot. story first because I have a story too, and yours is way better. And Casey's got one too. Um, yeah. So I, I like the Perch movies. I remember when the first one came out, people were really obsessed with the concept, and it is a really interesting concept. Like, it's something that, it's sort of like with Saw, like, you have, like, the moral traps and everything, and this one we have, you know, what would you do if crime was legal? They're they're these really simple concepts. It is a prototypical high-concept film. Like, you can tell someone what it is in one sentence, and they're like, oh. Hmm." Interesting, yeah. I I liked this one fine. Um, You know, I was looking at Letterboxd reviews, and there were a lot of folks that were upset at the political messaging, and... A lot of it was, you know, right-leaning folks hating that this was a left-leaning message. But I will always be down to watch Mexican cowboys lasso and kill white supremacists. Like, yeah. I, yes. I mean, there's, there's really cool cowboy wrangling here. It's The action is good. The, the violence in this one is pretty intense. And you see it. I mean, you just see more of it given the, the, the scale of what they're working with here. I mean, it's straight uh, up like Saving Private Ryan at one point. <laughs> it's like insane. <laughs> It's, I mean, and you know, in this one, we have like tanks running through the street. There's chaos. There's no order. It's, you know, I liked it. I really liked the setup that they had with TT and Harper. Um, I, I do think that we get a few characters that don't get fully developed. Uh, we get like this roving band of alpha white supremacists that like I could have done without them because there's the stakes are high enough without them that we don't really need them. They, they needed to like, it gives you, it gives you a face and it gives you a just direct conflict for the third act. Like, yeah, I I understand what you're saying. And this is sort of the challenge in all these movies is like the, the, the bad is like how fucked up the world has gotten and how like fucked up society is, but they need to like personify it because you can't like, it's why I I do need to go back and watch election year because I do feel like that's the one where they try to like tackle the new founding fathers as a bad, but in any, sorry to interrupt. No, I mean, I guess I just, um, you know, those characters were, I don't know, for whatever reason that didn't feel as fleshed out as it could have been, but it also would have made the movie much longer had we gotten more of them. So I don't know. I like this one. It was, it was fun. And uh, when we get into spoilers, I'll have a little bit more to say about some of the romance. But yeah, we'll get there. Casey. Uh, I'm a pretty big Purge fan. The When it first started out with Ethan Hawke, I liked it. And uh, my wife has watched and gone seen all these with me, too. She wasn't as big on the first one. But they, to me, they've progressively gotten better as they go. And yes, the political commentary has gotten heavier. But I've always enjoyed that political commentary and what they're showing us on screen. So I've always enjoyed that aspect of it. And this one just played right into it, and it feels really prescient with everything that's going on in our country and stuff these days. And it's just – it's going to make you sit up and take notice and tack that on with 
the cast is done pretty well in here and they set up the characters well. The action and the violence is really good. I really like this a lot. I got a lot out of it and I was kind of edge of my seat through parts of it. And I haven't got had that experience. It was my first time back in the theater for a year and a half. So that played into it well, but it was a good time. Love it, John. Yeah, I mean, so this was my first time in the theater since the pandemic uh, kicked off. How since it, the buddy? hunt. I mean, I didn't see the hunt in theaters. <laughs> Do you remember the last thing the we hunt, almost saw was we the did hunt? On yeah. dem- we did on demand, yeah. Um, what a, what a world, John. We're all different people since then. Well, and, and talk about a political film to, you know. Mm, that's uh, true. But uh, so I was really happy to be back in the theater. Um, I did not have any wild experiences other than just like teens running wild, which but just in like normal teen ways. Um, <laughs> I, uh, yeah, I mean, like I had a really good time. I like this movie a lot. I've been like telling people about this movie a lot. It is one of the most political things that I've seen, certainly in like a theatrical film. I mean, like there's there's like documentaries that are more political than this for sure. But for something, you know, this kind of mass market skewed, um, it's super pulpy. Like I, I will... I will play the role of, uh, I don't know, not not naysayer, but it's not like, the script is not like super clean. It's not, um, there's a lot of shagginess here, but it's like, effect, like I have it's, like affection for the type of shagginess. Part that of it is, here. I think it's really ambitious in the scope of what it's trying to take on like thematically. Yeah, yeah. I think that's true. Like, there I are think moments the where thing, it feels like a uh, open air train like car with a bunch of shit in it that's just barely staying and it's just like barreling down the tracks. Yeah. <laughs> no, and look like, but I also think part of it is like the setup, you know, and, and this is, you know, when you have a film like this, that's crime is legal for a day. Like it's, you gotta really work to make the, um, the characters, you know, real characters. I think if anything, you know, you basically have Adela and Juan who like, Adela is like a character. Juan is like 80% of a character. Everybody else here feels like 50%, which is enough for a movie like this. It's an action movie, babe, for a lot of Yeah. Well, the other thing I want to talk about at some point is like, this is like, we've gotten very far away from this as a horror Mm. franchise, in my opinion, which is totally fine. Um, But it, it just is what it is. So yeah, look, I had a great time. I enjoyed this for a lot of different reasons. Not because it's like fine cinema or anything, but because it like is a really pulpy political yeah. stew. It's I don't know. I would time. I would go so far as to say that I loved this movie. And I would say, John, like sure, on like a snooty movie critic scale, maybe this isn't high cinema, but when you look at these other movies, that's like a discussion in film circles, right? Like, what's the rare sequel that was better than the first movie? Bro, let me tell you about a series where four sequels, each one was better than the last. <laughs> yeah. That's insane. And, I, and I'm not even talking about it by increments. This movie is so by far the best movie in the series. It is wild. And you can tell that... So when you talk about the genre switching, John, it's like the other films were very focused on the kind of atmosphere of The Purge, and they were always really interested in these like iconic visual sort of um, like horrifying horror movie visual moments, right? So you got like 
the neon masks, right? Well, or, and you had the you had the like bunnies in this one. In that the first had that movie, whole saw thing set that whole set that was like the weirdest sequence. In the first in movie, film. you had like the Schnars looking dude when they were wearing like masks, very and, like, handsome. But that but that was where <laughs> those films started feeling like horror movie things, where it's like the people purging often like to create horror movie atmosphere, and that's almost in some ways as far as it goes. But these are, this is also a series so ins- crazy out there conceptually wise and violent that no one else will have this series, John. Like whether or not you want this, this is no, ours. no. I, that's yeah, this that's is our fair. child I, at this point. Yeah. Well, uh, also I, counterpoint, we live in hell, so yeah. <laughs> like this is going to be reflective of the horrors that we yeah. live in. So. This movie almost made me uncomfortable with how intense it was. Like almost made me be like, I don't know if I can like. Uh, my senses can handle this movie. It is that intense. And a lot of it has to do to me with just like the realness of the kinds of tension that they are talking about it is like when you live in America in 2020 and you're really paying attention to me, that is to have some form of anxiety fairly often about like the state of the world and where we're headed, both like politically and socially and thinking about like, societal instability and stuff like that. What this movie does is like reach into those fears and like personifies them. That's what this whole series does. It, it does. It's like, Hey, those like those little things that kind of keep you up at night. They're like, man, the apocalypse would be real shitty. And this movie's like, yeah, we're going to show you how shitty it is to actually just like <laughs> if your city turned into like a civil war zone, this is what it would look like. And this, this movie to me is the first one in the series that has completely abandoned this sort of, cartoon horror movie roots that the series kind of started at in some ways and is just fully embracing the real life horror of what the purge would look like and part of that is like across the board in this film there's there's better talent than in any of the other movies they've moved they're like uh, frank yeah, grillo Ethan hawk feels like you're like throwing dirt on his grave or something i don't know what's listen going like on i'm just saying like there's like a tongue-in-cheekness to these other movies even though they're dark that is not in this movie like this movie's yeah, yeah. and it it, it is what I love here is the nuance. Like, y- yes, it does lead to feeling shaggy sometimes, but it is not just haves and have nots. It is little things like you mentioned the mercenaries who are guarding the immigrants. And the guy doesn't give a shit about these people, but he's like, it's a really good way to make money. That just that concept is like, that's a very um, author way of adding a bunch of color to this world. Like, mm-hmm. cause that just uh, automatically puts in your head what that kind of configuration is like for these people. So there's people that just hide from it. There's people that participate in it. There's people that disagree with it, but don't know how to fix it because you're just, you know, like that's kind of the sister and the wife. It's like, and, and the father, I don't, who's that? What's that actor's name? Oh, it's just uh, looking William um, Trotter. Like yeah. these are people that are shown as like, these are rich, okay. these are rich privileged people that are given safety by their money and power from the purge. But you can tell the movie shows you like, hey, they're really uncomfortable with it and they don't they don't know how to change it. Right. So like that's how that character is presented. My point being that and even the even our main characters, like this couple of immigrants, like they're wrestling with this idea of like we came to America for a different kind of life. Like but. And yes, we get that to some respect. But is it worth it for this? Yeah. Her points like this is what my city looked like every day. Like she says to somebody at one point. One one question that so again I didn't see election year but this movie the if I have I don't have a ton of criticisms I have some but one of them is like the setup here is basically 
the new founding fathers won another election and now the purge is back. Like they get right back into it. Yeah. It's sort of like, hold on a sec. Are we're, we're supposed to believe we live in a world where the, everyone voted these people out because they wanted the purge to end and then turned around and like voted the purge back in. I, like, I guess if Donald Trump gets elected, John, like, I... John, well, you John, know, John, we voted out Bush, W. Bush, and then we brought in Trump, like, eight years later, Caitlin, so... What Ka- John, what Caitlin just said, it's what Caitlin just said. But, but hold on. <laughs> there is a, like, there's, like, a this is just that scale this is just talking yeah. about the purge. John, it's a movie, a, but it's a movie, but, but that's, like, exactly what this series... That's my... That's exactly illustrates my point about what this series does. But, it takes but, real right, things so the thing. and it cranks it's, the knob to 11. And it's like, let's see what this would look like in absurdo world. I, the thing that I kind of like, again, whatever it is, what it is. And I took this on faith or, 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 you know, I took it when watching the film, but like, why would immigrants come to this country? They would just be like, yeah, all right. Like I'm about to get like straight up murdered. Well, what we're not given, cause this, cause let's too. not forget that this isn't, this doesn't some way feel a little like near futury sometimes. Like every once in a while you get this little taste of like technology that feels like maybe we're projecting a little into the future. You don't know what they don't give us is what, Mexico might look like. You know what I mean? Sure. Like yeah. it's well at it, the end we know what it looks like because yeah. that's where all the Americans are going to live. So well, uh, and it my, is. I mean, it's still in theory one night. You know, we it doesn't yeah. end up being one night because of the premise of this movie, right. but it is in theory still one night. Do you night. want to be worried about and getting if you're murdered? living this experience every day where you come from? So here's my there. last here's my last point just about my feelings on it. You the, convinced me that the purge is real. The Sorry. thing I think is especially <laughs> press press prescient prescient. And to Caitlin's point, yes, like people paying attention could have kind of predicted this, but, but it's to me, it's so kind of, I love, I love how much they nailed this idea that like what we have in this universe are essentially like rich white people who have used this idea of the purge to, um, exploit underclasses for their own gain. Right. (laughs) But what has happened in the forever purge is that those underclasses have now, um, become sentient and broken off from them and become too powerful for them to control. So this thing that used to be a tool for their control has now rebelled against everything, including them. It's not just we're rebelling against you. It's like, fuck you. Yeah. They've been emboldened. I mean, it is it is just fully January 6th. Like, that's what it is. And it's like, well, yeah, or you yeah. look at like, you look at when you see articles <laughs> that are like, you know, conservatives at CPAC like rallying against Fox news. And it's like, what snake eating its tail reality am I even in right now? (laughs) And it's this, like, that's what this movie is, is playing out to the most absurd genre movie level you could think of. And to me, it's just that part of it, I think is brilliant. Like, yes, it's a B movie. And yes, they're asking you to take a lot of leaps, but this is the most complete package of this concept that they've done so far. Oh, totally. But there's still moments in this movie where they really hit the nail on the head and like poignant. Then there's a scene with the dad uh, played by William Patton when we're having this showdown with him and there's the people that have raided his ranch and is his former ranch hand. And he's talking to him and he's like, you're doing this. So you're out from under our control, but you're just going to be under control of the other fat cats who have started this movement and it made him stop and think and that's that like just that lines like the heavy for me was like the heaviest moment of the movie I, I did, like, oh jesus i did think that guy had an awful lot of composure for somebody who had a gun to his head like he just had this whole oh, totally. soliloquy like ready to go like there's he, a lot this there's whole lot of, this whole rebellion has only been real in his life for like 45 seconds and he already has a fully formed monologue about why this guy's misdirected well, he's lived in america 
America for well, you know, yeah. 65 years. Um, but basically no, his argument one, is like, wouldn't you rather be exploited by me and then I'll still pay you money? Like that's basically his argument. There, like one way you can gauge a recommendation for this movie. Like if you're talking to a friend and they're like, hey, should I see this movie? You should ask them, how do you feel about when genre movies have like philosophizing in them? And if they are like, oh yeah, it's pretty cool sometimes. You can be like, great, you're going to fucking love this movie. And if they're like, yeah. oh, no, I don't like that, then you'd be like, ah, uh, maybe sit well, this one out. But it's it's punctuated and illustrated by so much yes. action, and that to me is why I'm willing to go along with those couple the, of moments where it feels preaching. To- I totally agree. The movie is self-aware enough. I mean, that explicit scene that Casey's talking about, that exact scene, he gets shot. <laughs> it ends with him getting shot like between the eyes and like falling back <laughs> and like a pretty interesting like cinematography moment, you know, so... Sorry, Caitlin, go ahead. Well, I think, so just to sort of like lay out where I'm coming from with this, I lean very far left. And I was reading some what? reviews. I know, can you yeah, believe? don't say. <laughs> and um, what I was reading from other people that lean far left was how ham-fisted this was, how like this is so silly, the dialogue is not great. And it's like, you know, if you're coming from that perspective already, yeah, it's going to seem like a little ham-fisted and a little bit like, duh, we all get this. But for some people... You know, like when I worked with a lot of immigrants and they were talking about the places that they come from, a lot of people that sort of disagreed with the work that we were doing, like, yeah, I mean, they need to come here. But and I'm like, no, I I don't think you understand what situation they're coming from. And this really paints a picture sort of, you know, someone that's in that position can put themselves as a proxy in the position of the Tucker family, where they're like, they conceptually kind of understand immigration and kind of understand why someone might seek asylum in another country. But now, you know, even uh, the wife is like, how do you know how to operate a weapon? And she's like, this is what my life was like. I had to learn how to operate yeah. a weapon. And you see, like, when, and when she says that to her, the wife's like, oh my shit, dude. That's she, hold cool. on. Like, she doesn't just know how to operate a weapon. She's like a she's legit, a stone cold like, killer, paramilitary <laughs> badass. Like, no, no, but yeah. the but the wife that she has just explained this to, you then get that moment of look on her face, like holy shit, like, yeah. and that's my that's my point. And I, Caitlin, you shouldn't read reviews; they're bad. They're they're bad for you. They don't. You, yeah. Well, I mean, I just that's that's what made me want to talk about it though. Is that like you know some I think. You know, when you're in your bubble and like when I'm talking to other like left leaning horror fans are like, oh, yeah, it's a little on the nose. And I'm like, well, some people need that exposure and this is going to be that exposure. So I'm glad that message is getting through in some capacity. Well, it's interesting because like silly to us, but if you roll the genre movies have played forever is like exactly this is also like progressive ideas into the mainstream. The entire the entire concept of this series is about cranking reality up to 11 so if you're not going to lean into it then like what are you doing you're yeah, not doing you it right if you're not because otherwise why go to the movie theater just turn on the news yeah you know what it feels like it's not even cranking it up to 11 for me anymore it's like just a few steps removed of like if we got rid of like a couple of the niceties <laughs> <laughs> well yeah <laughs> no of course like, like we don't yeah yeah so the other part there's just um i i have to shout out to the scene in the third act where so they're heading for the border and just trying to dodge all this chaos along the way. And so, of course, like a lot of these paramilitary people also heading for the border. Because to me, if I'm in this reality, I'm not heading for the border, dude. That sounds like a an that sounds like a shoot that you're going to funnel into and then just get murdered. Yes, and that's what the the um, these groups are thinking as well. So everybody's kind of. Uh, rushing to the border. There's a point in the third act which they hit El Paso, Texas, which is like a border town. And 
there is a scene where our group of survivors basically has to um, war movie style, guerrilla warfare style, move through the streets while you have three factions in the streets. People just trying to survive and get to the border. These paramilitary people trying to purge and the American military, because at this point, the new founding fathers have declared martial law and moved uh, the military into basically, I don't, uh, it's, it's wild to think you could deploy them <laughs> yeah. this fast, but they're like, basically the military is going into every U S city to try to calm this like uprising. So what you get is in my opinion, like a brilliant action scene where you have three factions, um, the cinematography, like the action, the directing in the scene is so, so good and chaotic. This was the scene that was like almost too much for me. Like I almost could not take how intense the scene was. I think it is like a shining moment in the movie for me, um, which then leads to uh, basically them getting to the border and this really interesting role reversal of a bunch of people trying to get like coyoted out of America and into Mexico. Yeah. And the message behind that, I think it was, lo- I loved it because it was so simple, but that whole thing with them escaping to Mexico, and then you see that scene where they're ta- they've set up the hospitals, they're opening their borders to let people in. It just boils down to somebody actually uses, um, they make a couple racist comments in one of those scenes when they're in the city. But throughout all of this, you know who the people that are not turning anybody away from help? The people that these people are all railing with. They're the ones that help, and it's well, and that's, that's a good uh, message. Th- that's the intru- the very interesting dichotomy about these movies is that at the heart of the concept is a cynicism about like American culture, but at the heart of the scripts, like whether or not it's always done well, there's always like an optimism and heart to it, and characters who like basically find humanity in each other like throughout the course of it. And I think this of all yeah. the movies does the best job of spending time in those areas trying to develop I mean, that stuff. I agree with you in principle, but it's pretty like, you just have to like take it on. Like those aren't like, again, they're not like fleshed out characters. Like it's sort of like you get the Rose thing. They get, you know, they get to the, like whatever the secret Rose meeting place. My and then, point is about our main characters though. It's about the yeah, way you fair, see the main, yeah. the, you, the way you see like the artifice of, the like self we present to the world, like all that kind of melts away for these people once they are in a life or death, like mm-hmm. purge situation. Yeah. But at the same time, when you have these folks that are running around what you know, actually enacting the forever purge and whatnot, and this group that's running around and this leader that we said that they personify the whole movement into in the movie. And then when you see the folks from Mexico and whatnot welcoming these people, n- no point was there any resistance when the rancher and his sister and his wife showed up at like the Rose place or whatever that yeah. somebody said, we don't trust you. You guys are after us or we're not going to let you in because your people are after us. There was that one dude who's like, who's this white lady? What's her deal? Yeah, yeah. which I did appreciate because <laughs> she, like, yeah, I would be very suspicious. Of course like, you would. Who is this yeah. white lady? Yeah. Of um, but they were always like, we're gonna help. We're gonna help right. you. Can I? <laughs> can I get a read on when the Dylan Tucker guy Tucker right at the end says uh, thank you in in Spanish? Was that how did you all? How did it? He's like gracias. I don't remember I mean, him saying. I did he like, say gracias? I was like it's coming. It's coming. It's yeah, coming. It's coming. It's coming. There it is. That's an interesting <laughs> thing. Peggy Hill to me. That's an interesting <laughs> thing. <laughs> Navajo. That's an interesting thing too in the in this one where. 
there are multiple instances where two people who've just saved each other's lives and maybe didn't even know each other the second before now have about 0.5 seconds to say goodbye before they're both murdered again. And like, that's a really wild thing to think about a person you'll never see again that just saved your life. And that character doesn't come back. I was pretty surprised. I kind of thought he would, but I like that. It yeah. did Cause that's Wait, more, which character, which character, the guy who about? saves her in the, in the, in the police wagon there. I don't think. Oh, he yeah. Comes back. oh yeah. 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 Wait, yeah that's Who's like her character boss. that, I would have liked to, you know, that, that oh, didn't it's really her get boss. flushed out. Yeah. Well, yeah. So then, but then it's it, similar, it similar family. thing at the end where, um, he's thanking like the tribal leader, like they basically just had Mad Max hand to hand combat warfare <laughs> with white supremacists together and like killed all straight animal murdered all of these white supremacists, like just like total caveman style. Literally then, put like skulls yeah. on their heads. And then they're like, Lassoed and him. then he's just walking away and he goes, you saved our lives. Thank you. And then he turns and walks so, away. And I just couldn't stop thinking about how weird there, there is no interaction that does that justice is my point. And it's a funny thing to watch. Like that, out. that to me with the, with the native American, with the like reservation piece that that was like set up because he's shown as a talking head a couple of times. It, I think mm-hmm. it's, it's the same guy, right? It is. Yeah. Okay. It I was going to say, I'm going to sound like a racist if I got that wrong. But but I, I, I um, love that they included that again. It's just another wrinkle in the, all the different factions kind of, but he's also, he says like, said, like he gets a little bit of like, uh, you know, um, not philosophizing. There's a lot of, him you know saying lots of just yeah he gets he gets his say in he's like oh we've been doing this for 500, 500 years, years. yeah yeah and like <laughs> he's going back to the reservation like he's that's his home and like so he was never gonna go with them you know so that worked for me um i i could see oh go ahead casey i was gonna say i could have to me if i had like one criticism on this movie i think the native american character was the one that piece was felt the most tacked on just to set up the crossing at the end. Well, going through had the reservation. Right? Like the right. thing that I, where I was going is like, I did love how it was very tasty to me in a, in a good way that the film opens and closes with an illegal border, cross, which yeah. I define only as against the law. I, know, I, I am not, I that is not a judgment. <laughs> of, it's like, you know, because, and when I say illegal, like Mexico had opened their borders, but they make like a point of showing like, actually, we're going back because like they had lost El Paso. And so then it's like they had to find another way to get across. That was not right. The proper way, I guess you'd say. Well, and going just, back real quick to those guys before we leave the topic, I part of me like cynically thinks like the black dude who's her boss in the beginning that helps her get out of the police van and saves her from the saw jigsaw type trap and the Native American dude who's talking about his reservation. Like cynically, part of me is like they're setting it up for like yeah. more oh, yeah. sequels or setting it up for like Forever a third season. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, that one dude on the reservation that was blowing up cars with the bow and arrow with the dynamite sticks. I'd watch that guy in a movie. Yeah. <laughs> I, get that guy more dynamite. Like, I loved <laughs> like Peace. I loved um the image at the end, like how they did this image of basically the sky shot of mm-hmm. the border and America's just on fire and Mexico is fine. Like yeah, that yep. obviously like this is kind of the thing about any kind of criticism about it being on the nose. Like you can be on the nose if you also do things well. And if all of your on the nose, is backed up by character, by plot turns, character things like it's okay to be on the nose. If you, if you back it up, you know what I mean? And if it's true. (laughs) Well, also, yes. Well, this is listen, because I, I want to, because I was very critical of a movie like the black Christmas remake, because in my opinion, 
it's a movie that doesn't do that. Like it's a movie that does all it does is talk and doesn't really back it up. That was sort of how yeah. I felt about it at the time. This is such a a different thing, in my opinion. And not to mention the fact this is the fifth movie in the franchise, so it's no surprise that they're going to be hitting these points on the head. We know it's coming. You uh, otherwise, I mean, it's fair if you didn't see the first four movies, but if you've seen anything purge wise, this isn't anything outrageous, really. Yeah. No, I totally agree. Look, to me, it actually like you earn the chance to like moralize to me by like having a bunch of dudes and and ladies uh getting like <laughs> their heads blown off of chair. I mean it's it is pulpy like that's I don't know it's it's the right vehicle to deliver that if you had a movie that wasn't this pulpy and then was doing that kind of moralizing and and kind of philosophizing like then you're just like rolling your eyes the whole time. I mean, here's, you know? the, th- here's the thing, or John. Or you can like, go really highbrow with it, like his house, which is also about immigration. And like, and sure. and is equally as effective. Well, I mean, and like significantly. And scary. John, like in a way that right. this Back in, not. you have always, I feel like you were the first one years ago, like in another era of us as people and Bloody Good Horror, brought up this point that often like the, the B movies that are looked back upon as like the most kind of um, instructive about what society was like are kind of the most ridiculous B movies and something like the example is always Godzilla. You know what? You know, what movies on the nose, John Godzilla nuclear power yeah. creates a giant lizard monster that kills everyone. <laughs> like that's a pretty on the nose cultural criticism. Yeah. My point oh, being that, that like, you know, <laughs> I guarantee you that there are there are going to be. I'm sure there already have, but like books written about this series, like there are there are going to be film courses just talking about like cultural criticism and B movies, and you're going to watch all of these friggin' purge movies. Yeah, the, these movies are. They might pick one. These, but, but my point is that yeah. when you look back, when you think about uh, growing up and reading about the political films of the '70s, like when you go into the future and you look back to now. These movies are going to play prominently in what people are looking back to to like take the temperature of what it was like right now. Yeah, you're going to see talking heads discussing this in a documentary at some point. And it's about not horse. because they are brilliant, perfectly crafted movies. It's because they are bold. It's because yeah. they are not afraid to like get into it, and they're it's just a brilliant premise. Like that's it just is. Yeah, and they've got that. The premise is a solid part because, like, if you compare this to the hunt, which was trying to do kind of the same thing, it comes across a little corny because they don't have, they haven't built this premise up over five films, and they kind of jump into yeah. where it's where the purge would have been in like the middle of the series. So you're saying, stay tuned, purge. Uh, or the hunt five is basically, <laughs> I mean, the hunt, just, <laughs> no, I don't I remember the hunt being that. very good. I was also, um, like suffering a 24 seven, um, panic attack because of the pandemic. So I'm not sure I was in like a great place when yeah. I watched the hunt, but like, I don't remember it being very good, but the uh, hunt tried to do the same thing and start off around move purge three, yeah. essentially fair. Um, any other little things you guys want to talk about before we roll on here? I do. And this is a spoiler. So just dropping a spoiler, but I loved the building of TT and Harper. Yes. Like he, he tips his hat to her at the beginning. He tips his hat to her a couple other times. And it's like, 
I really was, I don't know, for whatever so this reason, is, tenderness spoke For to people me. who haven't seen it, this Romance is the- is not dead. The, for people who haven't seen it, this is the like privileged sister character and the the um, our main character's friend who's an immigrant. Like they are real flirty and bonding with each other throughout the but movie. But right out of the gate, she you like she's coded as like, you're supposed to like her from the beginning because she like makes fun of her brother. She like emasculates her brother pretty much yeah, yeah, immediately. Yeah. yeah. But like they did, I think they did a good job. Like I don't know, they would quick cut to the cab of the truck, and they're like leaning on each other, yeah. like holding hands. They go to raid or not raid, but they go to get supplies at this convenience store, and like yes. he finds the peanut butter, she finds the jelly, and like that was the best one. <laughs> and another time, I probably would have been like, "This is fucking stupid," but at this, I was like, "It's so sweet," and like, <laughs> See? like I. I, was I love that. <laughs> that TT doesn't make it. Like yes. that is just. I was like, oh I my know. god, the real tragedy. Well, somebody had somebody had to somebody die. had to die, and in, all six of them. Somebody had to die, and in movie language, it had to be that guy. Like you knew it was going to be that guy. I knew it. <laughs> they were giving you the least amount of information about his life. That's how you knew it was going to be him. He's such well, a good me up. Because Colleen had said the exact same thing after that movie last night. She's oh, like, "Why does it have to kill TT? I wanted to see that." Like, there's a version of this movie that probably, like, maybe they even wrote it where the the Dylan character also dies because that, to me, like, that if he had sacrificed himself to like get them over the border, and then his child is born in Mexico, it's like that's like a more extreme version. Oh, but they did dude, not have the, the balls, I so. didn't even think about that. That's super interesting. Yeah. yeah. He doesn't actually, this is the problem with like his arc is like, he doesn't actually ever have to do anything all that difficult other than things he would have done otherwise to save himself. And just not you be know? racist, yeah. like, be less yeah, racist. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. And they I mean, were kind of, they were kind of weak on his wife's character as well. Cause like her main purpose was to be the thing that slows the group down that they have to watch out for. Right. But I would argue John that like the movie st- is still allowing well, and I guess whatever any movie does, but the movie's still allowing you to make your own judgment about how you feel about that character. I think yeah. all the movie is doing is being like, nobody in this scenario is, well, except really for like the um, like the white supremacist gang, I feel like, but like no one else in this scenario is black or white, like in a conceptual level. Like they they yeah. they invite you in to to see everyone's humanity in this movie, and then kind of make your own choice about like well, what you think. Purger, of come on, the purgers are all bad. Like no, of course. But yeah. my point is like, I think you you could still make judgments on that guy in the end and say he yeah, yeah he kind of came around. He's still kind of a douche. Like that's my point. That's right. What I'm saying. He Case in point, to say gracias. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Case in point, up until they met up with the alpha leader and his little gang in El Paso that first time, I was still half expecting for Dylan to turn on him. I got to say, from a real uh, just logistical perspective, everyone in this movie is way too willing to get out of their car. Oh, yeah. Yeah. They park that thing and he goes, it's just a few blocks over. We can walk it. And I was like, motherfucker, are you insane? That he's driving yeah. a semi through the city and he's sweeping around people and whatnot. Like these he's people like, are shooting dude, are just That made through. me so, that gave me so much anxiety. <laughs> it gave me so much anxiety when they're rolling through El Paso and they keep hitting corners that have basically been intentionally blocked off. Yeah. Oh, I couldn't, I couldn't deal with that. All right. I do not I do not know much about El Paso and like the border crossings there is do you have to go through the city to get to that border crossing? Well, there? that do was my question too. I'm not sure. Yeah. 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 The, the city of El Paso, I it's it like literally runs up against the Rio Grande, I believe. Uh, okay. And like 
there are there's like a bridge you have to cross. I know they didn't cover okay, that. I didn't know that much about it. They didn't cover that in Breaking Bad, and that's the only knowledge I have of El Paso. So, the, um, you know what? It's in. Uh, oh fuck! What's the name of that movie? I think George Clooney's in it. Um, by uh, Denis Villeneuve. Ah, uh, fuck! I'm gonna forget. But I don't. It's like a drug deal. You know, a Mexican uh, drug cartel hey John, movie. Would you like yeah. to know who won? our wager on when we would be back in the theater because we're going to this is the episode we've all been to the theater so do you have the original yeah you know why because joe's not here and i was for john this is horrible i was forced to look up my own top 10 list for this episode (laughs) oh no no that's bad and on at the bottom of my top 10 list is all of our amount all of our dates that we predicted for when we would be back in the theater did we say closest without going over or i think that's fair i think that's the price is right rules i think that's how you do this yeah Okay, so I said I was, let's see if I'm judging this right. Joe Joe did, for someone who brags about his Excel um, skills, they're not in chronological order, so I don't have to stare at them and try to figure out which month comes first. Um, <laughs> you, do you need me to get you a calendar? Or closest you without could? going over. So only one person did not go over. Do you, who do you think that was, John? Wait, when you're saying go over, like I, when only one person, only one person did not guess a date in the future of now. Mm, Interesting. Mm. Uh, I'm guessing you had the latest date. I will say that Joe was the farthest off by far. He said October 15th. Uh, So moving, moving backwards, Joe said October 15th. Cece said September 8th. Um, I said August 30th, Casey said August 1st, and John Schnars, July 10th, dude. Ooh! Wow! You, you hit it within Look days. Look at this guy! Within days. Wow. I, I went on the 11th. I because think. honestly, I, yeah, I, I went 12th. Let's see, you said, let me see, you said the 10th, so, so you were probably smart enough to look this up, that's Saturday. Yeah, like uh, I, you got that. Dude. I did not look up what day of the week it was, but yeah, <laughs> you got it, bro. You won. Take the credit. You win. Well Congratulations, done, well you done. win absolutely nothing. <laughs> but I hope I hope you feel good about yourself. All right, I guys, would you recommend the per the forever purge, Caitlin? Yes. Uh, John. Yes. Casey. Yes. Samesies. That's what I say. All right, guys, let's take a quick break and do some fan mail. It began in the outer reaches of the universe. They're coming! An alien war that spread throughout the galaxies. Now, the final battle has landed in the brown backyard. Critters, check them out at a theater before they check you out at home. Critters. Rated PG-13. Critters opening soon at a theater near you. Greetings from Tromaville. This is Lloyd Kaufman, president of Troma Entertainment and creator of the Toxic Avenger. The Troma team likes to kick back and listen to Bloody Good Horror because Bloody Good Horror is the best television there is. Info at bloody 
ravenhorror.com or on Twitter using hashtag AskPGH. Join Patreon to get back episodes and much more. Patreon.com slash bloodygoodhorror. And we're back. Now it's time for theater stories. Um, it's not even fair. Kaylin has, ugh, Kaylin has the best theater story that's ever happened, and it makes me so mad. Um, best is subjective. <laughs> I mean, to me, it's best. So I, this was my experience, John. I uh, went to the movie. So I'd never been to this theater. I just Googled on my phone. I'm like, okay, this is the earliest showing. I have just enough time to get there. I This is the first time I've really been to like a legit theater on here. So I go there and it was kind of like a, a an old funky mall a little bit. Like it was still an indoor mall, a little smelly. Like when I, the theater smelled of must, like let's say that. Not um, urine? Well, not urine, no. I didn't, I uh, know I did use the bathroom. The urine situation was fine. So I see the movie, <laughs> but I didn't really park in the right place. So I had to walk, I parked, went into the mall, walked a ways, went out of the mall to get to the, the theater was freestanding, even though it was kind of attached to the mall. Movie gets out. I go back to the door that I came out of. The mall's closed, John. I can't get back into the mall. So I'm like, cool, it's dark. Um, I'm like, I got to get back to my car. I've never been here. John, I have the worst sense of direction of anyone you've ever met. So this is not a great situation. But you're muted, by the way. But I figure, I figure, how do you get out of a maze, John? You just like pick a wall and you follow, right? So I figure. Is it dark? Like, I mean. It's dark, but like, here's what I figure. I'll, I'll just keep walking around the mall. I mean, I guess that's my only choice. Like, all, like it's a big ass mall, John. It's, a, it's suburban America. Yeah. Like, they make them big out here. So I start walking around the mall and I hit what I learned on today on Twitter is not necessarily a universal thing, which kind of surprised me. But up where I'm from, this is very universal. And that's what I would call the haunted part of the outside of the mall <laughs> where you basically come around the back of the mall where there are no storefronts and it's just like uh like people get murdered back there i don't i don't know what happens back there <laughs> but i had to walk all around that in the dark i walked through a massive uh parking lot full of school buses which a hundred percent looks like a place you get murdered in like happy death day or something um i then had to walk down this terrifying like dead man's curve road where you could like barely see because the mist was so thick and there was no sidewalk. Dude, I had to walk around probably three quarters of the mall, like in a circle before I could find my car. Got your steps in, buddy. I did. You made it out. Well, so I had to like, my mom had been texting me questions. So I just called her check-in. I was like, hey, uh, you want to like hang out on the phone for a couple minutes? (laughs) Wait, will you talk to me to make sure? I love it. Yeah, that's cute. My first theater experience was uh, back was fun, but it not as scary as Eric's, not as good as Caitlin's. But we got to the movie theater about 25 minutes early, and there's two uh, high school kids in there. I wrote their names down. It was Gavin and Madison. That's adorable uh, that you wrote their names down. But they were these two kids are sitting there. We were sitting like one seat over. There's me, one seat between me and them, and Colleen was on the other side of me. But the, we were, they were there early. They're chatty teenage kids, high schoolers, obviously, and they're just talking. They're making comments about horror movies. Colleen and I are kind of giggling. They hear us giggling. They start asking us about horror movies, if we've seen the Purge movies and stuff. And 
I'm the type that will talk to anybody. So we start talking back and forth with all of us. And he starts asking us questions, you know, because he's like, wow, you guys, you know, asking us, who's your favorite slasher? His was Chucky, which, you know, we're like, that's not quite a classic slasher, buddy. I'm sorry. But a lot of questions like that. He's like, you guys have watched a lot of movies. And we're like, yeah. And so then I dropped on him that uh, I'm co-host for a podcast that asked if you ever heard from us. He hadn't heard from us. But then he's like, are you on Spotify? And then he went and started looking it up before the show on Spotify and subscribed. And I showed him the website and stuff. And he was all that we blew their minds. They uh, For a brief minute, I got to be a podcast celebrity in the theater. <laughs> Take that, Joe. <laughs> That's really sweet, Casey. I like that. You right. have a sweet story, though, too. Yeah. All right. Yes, Kaylin, you have a story about love. <laughs> I, and I, 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 I hope marriage. Oh, if only Joe were here to come. I know. I'm trying to. I'm trying to. Uh, I'm trying to. Yeah, I'm in Joe's joke lane here tonight. I'm trying to fill his shoes. <laughs> Well, this is my last week of uh, fun employment. So yesterday I went to the theater and saw Black Widow. Nobody there. It was just like, I got my ticket. I walked right up and got my diet That's coke. A dream, easy man. breezy. Um, went to the theater today. And I texted Eric actually when I first got there because there were like 80 to 93 to six year olds in the lobby. And I was like panicking because I was like, Eric, there are too many kids here. And, uh, yeah, no, I, I understand. In my head, I was like, oh, thank God I want to see an R-rated movie, so I don't have to be around these kids. And I even, like, joked to the ticket taker guy. I was like, are they going to see The Purge, too? <laughs> he was like, yuck, yuck, yuck. So I got to my theater, but little did I know how adult things would get. Um, so. <laughs> P.S., before you get to the the uh, 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 main event here, I really like, I I'm, I really enjoy your, like, um, uh, awkward joking uh, anecdote with the uh, <laughs> ticket taker. Well, I saw him yesterday. <laughs> yeah. like, hey, friends. Hey, friends. <laughs> I think I think we're friends. I think he's just like supremely annoyed. Yeah, he's like, leave me alone. He's like, please just go to your theater, ma'am. <laughs> um, which, first of all, like, I hate being called ma'am. Someone called me ma'am the other day, and I was like, not yet, please. Um, but I got to my theater, and I was so relieved because there were none of those like uh, daycare field trip kids in there. And there was just an, a couple in the very back. Probably how old were they? This is my main question for you. I think they were probably 20 to 22. I'm thinking that they're college aged, but still living at home with their parents. <laughs> that being That's, a key component. Yeah, it's summer too. So they, yeah, so you wouldn't have a dorm or something. Right. So they were in the very back. That's usually where I sit, but I didn't want to be around people. So I sat three rows ahead of them. Can I ask you a question? It, is this flat yeah. seating or stadium seating? It's stadium. That comes Got into it. play. <laughs> Did you ask her if it was flaccid seating? <laughs> <laughs> it certainly was not. <laughs> What's the lay of the seating, Kaylin? What? Stadium seating. They're in row J because I had to select a row and I had selected J. And I was whatever three letters ahead of J is. So uh, I don't know how to. Charles is doing the math. That's for me, I believe. <laughs> but um, it was at the scene where they. Um, can you guys hear me? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, it was at the scene where the ranch hand is doing his little overthrow of the Tucker family, and then TT and Juan come in and sort of wrangle things and get things straight. And I heard just slurping. <laughs> like, <laughs> and I knew in my head already what was happening. I don't know why I turned around to confirm, but I did. 
And I because you're because I was, listen because you're human, Caitlin. Like, come on. Yeah. That's yeah. Fair. yeah. I want to. I guess I needed to know, and I found out. Um. <laughs> so like, the girl. Like sh- I caught her like dick in mouth. Like we made like I look at her. <laughs> you guys, I don't know if you you guys locked eyes. <laughs> you guys locked eyes. I love that. Well, I tur- I like whip my head very fast back to the screen, but like, I mean, because it was stadium seating, like his crotch area was like right where my eye line was. <laughs> so like that's why I had like the vantage point of oh seeing her fully performing fellatio and. I text, I pulled out my phone, which is something I never do because it's super rude, but I would have dared them to have said anything to me. But I pulled out my phone and immediately got on the Caitlin. email thread with you guys and let you know in real time what was happening. Oh, Caitlin, yeah, they're yeah, not yeah. trying to, like, they're not trying to make that's, waves that's... when this is happening. They're not going to be like, excuse me, ma'am, that's really rude to have your phone out. <laughs> like, if anything, well, I... you're going to help distract. I kept texting you guys because it kept going. Like I kept hearing slurping and it had been like 20 minutes and I either she was not good at it or he had incredible stamina, but I was just like, Oh my God, it's not. I mean, maybe they were just, maybe they were uh, just lounging, you know, like just hanging out. I would have left. I think I would have got up and left. Really? I I had no, I I had like, you know, they say it's, um, Oh, John, John, I would freeze now. I froze. No, I would have stayed for the story. Are you kidding me? I mean, how many, how many times in your life are you going to get an anecdote like that, John? I might've gone out and told your buddy at the ticket thing. Like, yeah, you got to get in here. They're they're making a lot of noise. You're such a narc, John. It was the noise that I will say, yeah. Like you, listen, like that could be, be loud because the movie is it's, fucking loud. The movie is yeah. loud. I hear them during the purge. Like. The movie's so loud. That's a very good point. And yeah, the noise would be the annoying part of it for sure. And like, like listen, that can be done quietly. I just would like to stay. For the if you're just like, shh. My favorite part of this whole story is Caitlin's confirmation of what she thought she was seeing. I saw her dick in mouth. <laughs> No, I like the idea of Caitlin not turning around and being like, boy, this is some really weird Foley in this movie. (laughs) Well, it's funny because earlier... Like, does this character have a bag of jelly in his pocket or something? What does that sound? (laughs) Well, when... When the immigrants are at like the YMCA type uh, center, there's a lot of like background noise of like families talking and like chittering of like, I don't know, whatever. And I was like, huh. Are we like, is this... (laughs) I just, I don't know, I turned around to confirm. And then, like, I also am very short. I'm five feet tall, so I don't, like, my head doesn't go over the seat. I had on all black, including a black baseball cap. So, like, I was pretty, I guess, invisible to them. I don't know. So I started, like, shaking my drink really loudly to, like, let them know that, like, I'm here. But I also didn't want to be like, excuse me. So, I mean, I let them finish, I guess. I don't Rattling know. Rattling the drink, like, oh, I guess I'm out. <laughs> <laughs> but no i did not narc on them oh because i a, uh you know just as too a, just... as a parent that i relate to that it's like walking in the room oh i'm gonna go in, in the <laughs> room, right? trying to make as much noise as humanly but yeah i Listen. tell you what when the credits rolled i was out of there <laughs> like i i could not have gotten up faster because i did not want to look at them but then when i was in my car texting every person i've ever met what just happened i saw them walk by and i was like oh there they are <laughs> You know, Caitlin. <laughs> just two lovers oh. in the night, Caitlin. That's all there is. Oh, young love, you know. That's, that's sweet. Good for them, I guess. Not for me. <laughs> Kate, Casey, you're right, buddy. 
it just cracks me up. I wanted to be like, babe, are you using your hand? Like, this is taking a long fucking time. <laughs> maybe that was the goal, though. That's what I'm positing to you, Caitlin. Like, maybe they had a whole movie to burn through, I guess. Like, it just doesn't seem. Sometimes people go to movies not because, like, they don't, they might not even cared what they were seeing. That's what I'm saying. They didn't. Yeah. I mean, notoriously romantic. The face chair, who else was seeing it with? The face you just made when you said they didn't was amazing. Okay, we gotta, we gotta get moving here. Uh, oh, we do have an email. It's gonna be like a four hour show. Let's see. Um, gotta go fast. It's gonna be speed round. First up, Justin. Um, my question for everyone, especially Cece, who's not here. My wife forbids me from having a Ouija board in the house. She thinks it's a portal for demons. I believe it's people communicating their thoughts from the subconscious. I don't really know what that means, sir, but that's interesting. What are your guys' thoughts? Any Ouija stories you can share? Justin Uh, from Nebraska. Justin, I have four Ouija boards in my bedroom because I collect antique Ouija boards. And I have a cousin that won't let her kid, like when I babysit her kid, the kid will take a nap in my room. And my cousin's like, no, fuck that. Wow. (laughs) She's a believer like your wife is. I, I love having them in there and they don't bother me. I have but a I weird I have a weird combination of like I don't think I believe in it but also if you're like do this I'm like maybe not I don't know <laughs> like, might as well I hedge my bets did it like when I was like in fourth to sixth grade I don't that think range, I ever I would guess yeah I don't think That's I ever gun. did uh maybe it was maybe it was middle school yeah like I well sixth grade in any event uh it's spooky it's like a thing that kids should do I would encourage like maybe I of the impressionable age to try it but it's i actually think justin's theory that it is the subconscious if anything's happening that's what's happening yeah i don't think there's fucking ghosts all right i'm just gonna put maybe i've done it but if something happened i would have remembered and i don't i guess is the is the larger point casey's gonna drugs at the time casey i mean casey's gonna pipe in right now and tell us that they're ouija boards three oh i'm not two (laughs) they're ouija boards to me too (laughs) um randy Long time, long time, Randy says he did not like uh, our movie last week, Werewolves Within. He wants to know what horror comedies did not land for you. Mm. Hmm. I can't think of one. I mean, I only remember the ones that I liked. That's yeah. a good point. Yeah, that's a good point. The mediocre ones just kind of fade away. Mm-hmm. They are bad. Like, if it's if it's not hitting, it's... It can be really rough. I mean, it's like any bad comedy. I got one, Dead in Breakfast. I love that movie. Wasn't crazy about it. I was also 20 years ago or something that I saw that. Yeah, I haven't seen that in forever. Like, I don't Um, That's it for emails. Info at bloodygoodhorror.com if you want to hit us up. Next up, Instagram. Um, First up, John, from our our friend who doesn't use the form. Uh, They say, why is Eric so tiny in the feed tonight? I would like more Eric, please. He is smart and super cute. Jesus Christ! This person sounds. I was gonna smart. make a like you know Newell joke. I don't. Just, I don't know. Newells are small in general, but I don't know who they are, John. But I, I like them. Um, let's see. What we got this is last week. Forgive me. I don't often look at our Instagram, John. The heat is on. I guess summer heat. How are how are you guys doing with summer heat? Oh my god, it's, it's been brutal here. Yeah, yeah it it's sucks. Just been all the humidity is just. It's not even like it's not like fucking. Arizona, where I saw it was like 130 degrees. I mean, I yeah, it's been rainy and cold here actually. Oh, I'm jealous. Uh, good for you. Uh, going. This is a Joe question, but I'll read it. Going to Nashville soon. Any breweries or places to eat I shouldn't miss? 
Uh, I've had a great time in Nashville. I've been there twice. I don't have any like strong recommendations, but <laughs> it, like you can't go wrong. Like you know, yeah, it's all good. It's a city about drinking and food and music and stuff. You'll be fine. Just go somewhere. Uh, what horror sub genre would you like to see more of? Horror. I I really liked The Wind. I would love to see more frontier horror. Oh, Dude, The well, Wind is horror real. western. Yeah, that's a that's the answer. That's a good one. Well, so yeah. we didn't talk about it, but like I was a little annoyed at the marketing for this film because they did make it look like because uh, I think and maybe CC mentioned it was like it, like post apocalyptic western and like it just isn't like yeah. the poster has like a guy riding a horse like there's horses in the movie but there's no point <laughs> yeah with him, like, riding there's no horse. iconic it's shot like, of like a perger on a horse yeah it's, it's just not a western film like there's no western stuff about it I mean yeah. Not, there's plenty of shootouts and lassoing. There's some lassoing. Here's a great there are, and there are a lot of shootouts here. Here's a great question. Do you collect anything? Wage ports. <laughs> yes. I collect Frankensteins. Oh. Are those um mugs? Just anything though with Frankenstein imagery on it. That was a poor, like that was a poor my man, action figure. That was a poor manto joke. Or my rolling tray. Okay, that's cool. I like that. Or your tattoo. Yes, are my tattoo. <laughs> John, do you collect? That's what I really want to know. No. You don't strike me as a collector. I have. A, I mean, I have a lot Children. of books. Yeah, I collect <laughs> Boom. Roasted. Yeah. Um, no, I don't. I don't. I've like thought about collecting things. I mean, I, when you live in an apartment in yes. New York, it's very hard. Like yeah. you got to. Yeah. So. I, I uh, would collect more VHS if they were still out in the world. Like you have to be a lot more intentioned trying to find them these days, but I still have my VHS collection and I look at it every day, John. Eric, cool. my dad, and I talk about a lot, about, a lot about my mom cause she listens, but my dad texted me. He was like, I know your friend collects VHS tapes. <gasps> I have a box of 25. Do you want to go through them? And I, I was like, I do. Caitlin, am I your friend? Is that who you're talking yeah. about? Dude. Yeah. <laughs> Hell yes, please. That sounds wonderful. Um, going to Joe, the Joe Bob Briggs thing this weekend. I'm excited. You familiar with this, John? Oh, They're doing a huge a dr- drive-in convention, basically. In uh, PA, PA, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. I would love to. Just Pennsylvania. Pennsylvania is one of those states when you live in the Northeast from where I am that's like, seems kind of close, but it's not if you actually did know. it. Like, it's not great. Yeah. It's pretty big, too. I mean, it, yeah. you know. Adam's family or Munster's? Adam's family. I'm going to say neither. Why not both? Ni- neither of those properties does anything. <laughs> the The new Adam's family movie I quite enjoyed. Like the, yeah. the animated one for kids is a delight. There's a sequel coming too. Yeah, I know. Caught, I think it's coming this year, right? I yep. caught a couple weeks ago part of one of the Adam's family. Like it must have been the sequel in the 90s where Adam's the, family the, values. the lady finds a dude that looks like Fester and like dresses him up and then he's like impersonating Fester. Have you seen this? That's part one. That's, That's Adam's family. Mm-hmm. I don't get. I don't. I don't get Adam's family. I don't get. <laughs> I want to watch it now that you said that. This I saw other thing. The, the monsters. I don't get any of it. It Doesn't make sense to me. Um, do you think Jim Varney Ernest would have been a good killer in a horror movie? Yeah. Yes, I do. <laughs> Fear Street ninety four or seventy eight. I really enjoyed ninety four. Find out next week. So here's yeah. next week because Schnarr's hates me or something. I don't know. Like I, I want to see these movies, but John has proposed that we do all three fear street movies in one episode, which sounds like a recipe for disaster, but I think that's what we're going to do. So we'll find out. I've watched half of 94 and I enjoyed it. And then I got sleepy. I would say 94. 
when Joe inevitably gets canceled, what will the last straw be? Mm. I don't know. I think he's beyond canceled now. Like, cause yeah. he just, it's like, he says so much crazy shit. Yeah. <laughs> it's going to be something completely stupid. I can't. <laughs> it, it, that is the strategy, right? I mean, right? look like one strategy is what I do and just don't go on social media ever. The other strategy is just like only say insane things. And then people are like, maybe he's having an episode. I don't know. <laughs> that same person ha- also had a question about Brock Lesnar that I'll skip. Cause I'm the only one that really actually knows what he's talking about. And I won't subject the rest of you to it. Um, but the answer is yes, Ryan, he is scarier with it. Um, when can we expect the sharks of the corn review since Velocipastor and killer sofa got nixed? Sharks of the corn, huh? Probably never. You'd have to ask Andy. Yeah. Andy, the uh, uh, editor of BGH. What was your horror gateway book slash film? Poltergeist. It was the book for me. Middle school. Mm. Yeah, mine was Halloween 2. On, v- on VHS. Movie, when he jumps out in the beginning there and stabs that girl with scissors, messed me up, man. <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't sleep for I think a whole I've, summer. I've mentioned watching The Gate on uh with my grandfather my grandfather used to show me lots of inappropriate movies when i was like very little so that's it but did it have the original gate in it uh yes that's it for uh instagram casey let's rip through these twitter things here all right tweets use the ask bgh uh hashtag we have a few out here tonight first up we have longtime friend skizbot do you have a signature dish you prepare when you go to family get-together or gatherings? I have a killer sloppy Joe recipe and also make a mean slow cooker mac and cheese. Yes, I make an orange cake from scratch. Oh, and That sounds good. This little like veggie thing where I take like the crescent rolled dough and make it flat and then put like herbed cream cheese and fresh veggies on top. That sounds good too. It's real nice. Good. I don't actually do this, but I have before. I'm like the deviled egg guy. Like, <laughs> I'm, and it's mostly because I, I get real offended when people mess up deviled eggs. So I'm just like, well, I got to just do this myself. <laughs> <laughs> I make a pretty mean uh, crock pot potato soup with kielbasa in it. That sounds real good. I don't have anything. <laughs> I, I've honestly cooked less during the pandemic uh, than I had previously. I'm curious when we go back to New York, if I'll like pick it back up again. Uh, next tweet from friend Alex Jones. Definitely not Alex Jones. What would be your weapon of choice if you chose to partake in the purge? Schnars, you're paid for Blackwater mercenaries are not allowed. Mm. <laughs> I mean, that's like there's there's so many things like there's so many um uh, what you know, like parlor conversation type topics around the purge. Like this is this is one where, it's, but it's like, why wouldn't you just have like a fucking huge machine gun? Like it seems like the people who were like handguns, you got stuff. Like that's what are you doing? Well, and yeah, there's like the people out there with bats, and then they get like summarily executed. Oh, like I mean, I mean, this yeah. whole like goat trap situation is insanely convoluted. It, like, because my first thought I was, why is she, why does she care about this goat? Why is she trying to let this goat out? Like, who cares? Yeah, she works at a those... meat processing plant. Right. Like, <laughs> <laughs> it's not like she's dudes, like an animal advocate or something, you know? Like, but do you think those two spent the entire purge hiding in that trash can, waiting for somebody to come by and find that goat? Yeah, I think that's the whole plan. Yeah. <laughs> my weapon would just be seclusion like i would just go <laughs> underground if possible i don't know yeah that's not a weapon caitlin but i feel you <laughs> my weapon would be the uh fancy shutters that uh schnars paid for that comes down over my windows to save me 
All right, next up, 2021, a Space Lawyers podcast. The Forever Purge is shorter than the Purge election year and the first Purge. What movies have misled you with their titles? I see what I saw this, and it was such a good question. I see what Adam's doing there. Also, Adam was the one who um, fiercely debated me about my uh, how my theory about hour and 50 minute movies being trash. Uh, next up, we've got two from the Grim Reviewer. One of them's kind of involving Joe, so I'm going to go ahead and ask the second one. If the Purge franchise keeps going, how long until they go supernatural or into space? You know what, John? This movie's an hour and 44 minutes. Yeah. I think, you know what? I think as long as it's not over an hour and 45, I think my theory still holds. It is six blowjobs long. So. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Uh, I don't know. Space? Supernatural Purge? Space Purge. Is Supernatural Purge just zombies, though? I I think they will have the... They're getting uh, close to the... You know what, though? You could always just be like, no, it's 50 years in the future, and it's coming back. (laughs) Or, I mean, Branson, Musk, Bezos, they're in space. Like, let's go. (laughs) Yeah, there's a lot, dude. (laughs) No, but there's a lot there that you could dig into with billionaire culture and stuff. Exactly. That's what I'm saying. Like, launch somebody up there with a machete. I I think they're going to be disciplined enough to not go. They won't go that crazy, but we'll see. Uh, let's see. The next up, we have Bionic Becky Tyler. That's at Becky Tyler Art. With the Emmy, no- Emmy nominations released today, what horror shows, past and present, deserve more award credit than they received? Hannibal, Walking Dead, Dark, Castle Rock, The Haunting of Bly Manor, Hill House, Penny Dreadful. I'm going to get roasted for this, and I don't care. I love American Horror Story, and I would love to see more accolades for my stupid trash show that uh, I love. I'm going to say Dexter, like, and I think that's fairly, that's not a super controversial thing because the last few seasons were so bad, but I've tried to go back and watch the first few seasons that I was like obsessed with, and it just, I think a show like Dexter, for me, is similar to The Sopranos, where it was so early in prestige TV that just the, the, the fact that it was doing that was so revolutionary is pretty, they were pretty mind blowing shows that really, I don't think the Sopranos holds up like at all. And I think, I don't think Dexter really does either. Wait, have you gone back to watch Sopranos? No, I watched Sopranos fresh like five years ago. And I was like, this show is bad and I don't like it. Wait, Casey, (laughs) the question was which, which shows deserve more accolades, right? Yeah. Okay. So I stand by American horror story then. Yeah. No, that's fair. (laughs) All right. Well, then let's move on. Next up, our friends Dads from the Crypt. You can follow them at Crypt Dads. Check out their podcast named Dads from the Crypt. FMK, Christopher Reeves, Christopher Guest, or Christopher Leak? Give it to me one more time. Reeves, Guest, and Lee. Yes. Is Christopher Lee alive? I think he's dead. He is dead. Oh, and so is yeah. These <laughs> all dead. dead. Yeah, yeah. I, mean, I would I'd, go. I think you F. I Christopher Guest Chris, is alive. I think you F Reeves. For I mean, clearly the man was. I think beautiful. you're marrying Guest for the just like insanity of it. I'd marry Guest because he makes me laugh. Yeah, well, that's what I. That's yeah, what yeah, I, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's yeah. right. I think, yeah, I think I you're. Have to, I would have to f Christopher Lee because of my hammer horror. I, <laughs> I think you're killing <laughs> yeah. Christopher Lee because he's so intense. I don't want to be near that any kind of energy in my life. <laughs> yeah. 
kind of like a, there's like a Skeletor vibe going on there that you know. So, <laughs> but he has that hip, hypnotism power. Yeah. Size. I'm going. Yeah, I'm going. Kill Lee, uh, F. Reeves, and Mary Guest. That's my final answer. <laughs> there you go. Anybody else? No. All right. Last up, we have our good friend Alyssa at Big Text Tozier. What was your favorite subject in school or your least favorite? Mine was history. I loved history. I swept every year at the Spanish Awards. Uh, the Spanish <laughs> Awards. Got the Spanish gracias. Award every year. And oh gracias, if you will. And uh, I got the physics awards. I'll go Spanish and physics. Wow. Yeah. Physics was definitely one of mine, too. I, I You're really like, like smart smart like smart smart that's wild uh yeah, she went I, to a second rate university but <laughs> otherwise okay. uh, truly i just you know <laughs> do a whole podcast on that sure don't get me just listen john i've gone this whole purge episode without mentioning duke let's not push know, too far <laughs> but come on in the, in the hierarchy uva is up there they just took down the robert e lee statue in charlottesville so no fuck what? those people like through and through <laughs> I I, I know <laughs> I know you're. I'm just giving you a hard time. My senior year of high school, or well, all of high school, I was a professional band geek, like all in. My senior year, I had government, econ, math, and English, which were my required courses, and then the rest of the day was nothing but music classes. My least favorite was math. Like my brain is not wired for math and I, it was torture for me. It was a source of like much torture and consternation for my entire schooling. We yeah. noticed when you had to figure out which month came before. Yeah, that was not, not pleasant for me, John. Well, uh, Eric Enschnars, to, to top off my smart kid in the South, I had to take an optional history course one year. I didn't have to, but I decided to, and I took Civil War history. I was the only girl in the class, and I got the award for my battle plan, which gives me mixed feelings about that whole <laughs> scenario. So I got the award for Civil War. I mean, history. how hard is a Civil War battle plan? It's like, go to these woods and shoot the people, and do it faster than they shoot you while you're standing staring at each other. <laughs> Mr. Bell, a Civil War reenactor, was very impressive. With me. Then we're going to go to this though. field and we're going to shoot these people. Um, and Caleb, did you read Killer Angels? Did you have to read Killer Angels? No. Oh, oh man. Must not have been a, a, a lot of, a lot a of lot battlefield lot. diagrams in that oh, book. Christ. So. <laughs> cool. And that's it for tweets, folks. I love it. Thank you, Casey. I, I guess we're doing all three Fear Street movies next week. I guess. I'm starting watching them tomorrow. I love it. You're so ambitious, John. I do appreciate that. So that's why I'm going with it, because I like this enthusiasm from you centered around this show. Well, Casey's already <laughs> two-thirds of the way done. Like, yeah, I'm, I'm all in. Yeah. So, okay. But now you've set it up as a thing I have to do, and now it sounds exhausting to do yeah. it. Even, even though, like, I w- actively want to watch I these movies. I can't wait until you haven't watched any of them on, like, Tuesday afternoon. You're like, oh, I'm starting the movies. <laughs> <laughs> Eric, you have the best tutor in this, yes. like, whole setup, though, yes, you know? absolutely. Yes. I have a person on my side that actually knows everything about these books and is very enthusiastic about them. So, I'm Yeah, you're well set up. Come on. Yes. I wasn't um, worried. She will be my Sherpa. <laughs> All right. That's it. That's going to do it for uh, the Forever Purge. We're still here. We're doing it. It's horror season, folks. Um, We'll see you next week. See you. Bye. Bye Bye-bye.